This is the 5 a.m. Miracle, episode number 464. Comfortable with discomfort. Discover how to lean in and love it. Good morning and welcome to the 5 a.m. Miracle. I am Jeff Sanders and this is the podcast dedicated to dominating your day before breakfast. My goal is to help you bounce out of bed with enthusiasm, create powerful, lifelong habits, and tackle your grandest goals with extraordinary energy. In the episode this week, I'll break down the difference between discomfort and pain, why quick baby steps are the best approach to just about everything, and how you can embrace existing just outside your bubble of familiar comfort. Let's get to it. You may or may not be able to hear the difference in the episode this week, but uh, my voice is about an octave deeper than normal. I am actively experiencing a sinus infection, uh, which I have recorded through these before on the podcast, uh, but the timing of this one could not be more perfect. I decided upon the topic for this episode about a week ago. And then I wrote the script for it and put together all these great notes about experiencing discomfort. And then the day I planned to record the episode, voila, I got a sinus infection. So I delayed recording for a few days. And what I'd experienced was additional sinus infections, additional discomfort. I continued to be sick. And so I realized, well, this is not going away. I'm going to have to record this thing anyway. So here I am uh, releasing another episode, another Monday morning, nine plus years into this show. Uh, this is a commitment for me. This is something I have promised to myself and to you to deliver this content no matter what. And that's actually tied in perfectly to the content this week. And that's a topic we're going to dig into. So now I'm going to lean on this this philosophy, this perspective about the value of discomfort, what it can do for you, um, how you can avoid pain and the difference between the two of those things. So we're going to break down all of that this week. And I want you to think about this topic and this conversation from the perspective of real life. And by real life, I mean real people, me as an example, get sick and real life continues anyway. Uh, this is kind of a related topic, but one thing I've experienced as a parent, I've, you know, I have two young girls and for the last four years I have been a dad for, let's call it for the first time, right? There was before I was a parent and then afterwards. And the last four years have been very different. And from, at least from one perspective, which is that because I have kids, there are days when, you know, I don't want to necessarily put in the effort, right? Days when I'm tired or feel sick or I'm just not in the mood to take care of my house, take care of my family, take care of myself, uh, do my job. You know, those days when you just feel like I woke up on the wrong side of the bed this morning. Well, and, and you don't have that. I bounced out of bed with enthusiasm experience. I've had a lot of those days in the last four years, uh, the last few days being very obviously some of those. And so this question of can I just do it anyway? becomes a really important question. Can I show up anyway, despite how I feel? You know, a huge part of productivity is not just checking boxes. A huge part of it is saying, I'm going to check these boxes despite how I feel. 
I'm going to show up no matter what excuses I may be able to present as to why I can't or why I shouldn't or why I should postpone. There's a lot of discipline and willpower involved in the life of a high achiever. There's a lot of saying, you know what? I'm here anyway, and this is going to happen anyway. And the quality bar may not be where you'd expect it to be. The quantity of work may not be as high as you'd like to see on those days. But the difference between showing up and not showing up is significant. The difference between saying, I'm here, let's do this, versus I'm going to look for any possible reason or excuse to just avoid the inevitable that's going to happen. There's a stark difference there. And so we're going to discuss a lot of that in the episode this week. So having said that, let me get back to my script now and actually present the content that I prepared just for you this week on this topic. Discomfort is not pain. And there's a major difference between those two concepts. If you've spent any time with a sports coach or a disciplined high achiever or really anyone who has sacrificed greatly for their own success, you have likely heard that pain, like the arduous, torturous feeling of pain, is required for growth, that it's unavoidable, that you have to go through something that just sucks in order to get to something that you want. Well, that sentiment, at least from my perspective, is only partially correct And it actually could cause more harm than good. It could lead to more of this this feeling of, I have to go through something so detrimental that the success I would achieve would only be worth it if I was to literally climb Mount Everest, do something that sounds so difficult and challenging, and then you just opt out. A lot of people, if they feel that pain is required to achieve something, they just simply say, nope, not for me. I'm going to walk away and take the easier path because I don't want to be in pain, which is a noble and very logical conclusion to have if you say, wait a minute, this thing that I said I wanted or thought that I wanted requires so much of me, why would I give that much of myself for this end result? Or another question might be, is there another way? Is there a way around this this challenge? So from my experience, The reality about discomfort and pain is that discomfort is often part of growth, but pain does not have to be. Discomfort means you are actively stretching beyond your current level of comfort or your current ability level or really just your current area of familiarity. We all have these areas of life where we feel comfortable, let's say, for example, like in our own homes on our couch, in our living room, where things are cushy, we've got blankets and pillows, and like that's a, the literal physical comfort we may experience in places where we feel like this is home. For a lot of people, home and comfort are very closely linked. Uh, one thing, if you know my wife, Tessa, uh, she loves comfort. And I, I mean the physical feeling of blankets and pillows and the softest things uh, for the last few years for her birthday, for holidays, The gifts that I have purchased for her, all of them have been comfort items. I bought her a pillow for her birthday last year, a large blanket, um, additional bedding. Like I just, I tend to buy these things because I know she values those, right? We as people value being comfortable and our brains by default seek comfort. And when we see something that could be arduous or painful, 
we tend to this you know stay away. We find every reason to not go down the path that could make us feel that that intense feeling of ouch, right? That we don't want that. Now, that's a different feeling than opting into something that is uncomfortable. Discomfort does not mean you have to torture yourself to get to your next level of success. Let me break down the difference here between discomfort and then what I'll call pain or bad stress or even misery as a good example. You know, pain can hurt you physically, mentally, emotionally, uh, bad stress is clearly frustrating, it's exhausting, uh, it causes anger and intense negative emotions. Misery is just downright torture itself, right? We don't want to be miserable. That feeling, we know that feeling, right? Whether you're super sick or you've had a really, really bad day at the office or whatever the case may be. You know, you had a bad conversation with your significant other. Like, there are days when we feel miserable. Discomfort, though, is just a little tension. And from my perspective, discomfort is, in large part, intentional. We are putting ourselves in harm's way on purpose to achieve an end result. I'll explain that one a little further in a a second. Now, if you are experiencing pain, bad stress, or misery, you know it, and it sucks. it's, It's bad, and it's very clear. If you're a little uncomfortable, you may not even recognize it And the potential for growth is actually right there in that experience. A pain itself can lead to fatigue, burnout, and you just quitting on a project or a goal altogether. Whereas discomfort, it actually can lead to incremental growth, sustainable progress, and ultimately the success you are seeking. Now to go back to that point about things being intentional, discomfort being purposeful, When I first decided to pursue running marathons and ultra marathons, one of the first questions that I asked of myself and then obviously others asked of me is, why would you do this? Why would you put yourself in a scenario that is physically, mentally draining, that's hard, that is arduous? You are working so much to achieve some really a goal you don't need to achieve. You're working towards something that is optional. Right? This is not required for anything. No one has to run a marathon. But people choose to do so all the time. I've run dozens of these things. Why? Well, in large part, I am choosing intentional discomfort because of those reasons of incremental growth, sustainable progress towards a worthwhile goal, worthwhile to me, And ultimately, the success that I'm seeking, which is to have checked that box of I crossed the finish line for an extremely difficult endurance event. And what I experienced during training was discomfort. It was that act of feeling incremental growth over time because I intentionally staggered my training and I I, I tiered it little by little, you know, day by day, week by week, month by month. So that I was always putting myself in a little bit of discomfort, a little outside my bubble, but never pushing so far that I would experience actual pain. Now, in the past, I did experience pain. There were days and weeks where I did push myself too hard, and my body told me about that. It was very clear that I crossed a line between discomfort and pain. There's a threshold there. And once you get past it, 
It's so obvious you're in a bad place and your brain tells you, hey, back off a little. Now, to counter that entire argument, if you've heard my episode in this podcast, I'll, I'll put in the show notes this week, uh, where I talked about David Goggins' book, Can't Hurt Me. David Goggins has a very strong perspective on pushing way past that pain threshold, and he believes that there is significant growth that can be achieved when you're in that, that zone of pain. I'm not going to make that, that argument today, uh, but you can't hear my thoughts on that on that episode. But now let's actually break down why embracing discomfort itself, not pain, embracing discomfort actually matters. In my book, The 5 a.m. Miracle, same uh, title as this podcast here, the second chapter breaks down my argument about comfort being the enemy of greatness. And I believe that to be true because for most of us, most of the time, the things that we're seeking, the greatness that we want to achieve is often only achieved when we step outside of our comfortable bubble. Our comfortable, normal routines that feel good and regular and and common to us tend to produce the results they're producing, and they will indefinitely produce those same results. The problem becomes for most of us, most of the time, in most scenarios, is that our comfortable bubbles don't produce the results we want. They produce the same results we have now, but for most of us, that's not actually what we're seeking. We're seeking growth. We want improvement. We want things to get better. And that, generally speaking, only takes place when you step outside of that normal behavior and you do something different, something maybe a little scary, something a little bit challenging. We have to do that to achieve that next level. And the fun thing here is that it actually is a fun process. We enjoy this when we do it. I enjoy it when I step outside of that zone and that little bubble of mine. When I get outside, there's a little bit of fear, a little bit of apprehension. But then what happens? Growth, success, achievements, progress. The things we want actually happen. So comfort itself can hold us back from those experiences. It can restrict our ability and our willingness to push forward. Comfort literally is the enemy of greatness. And when you're able to become comfortable with discomfort, well, then all of a sudden, your greatness is being achieved on a consistent basis and your new norm is achieving greatness. And that's the goal here. Now, when you embrace discomfort, you will improve your strength. You will improve your discipline and willpower. You will be more focused and be able to block distractions faster and more efficiently than ever. You can improve the quality and quantity of your work. You can remove all those excuses. You will be in control of your life. And ultimately, by embracing discomfort, you can get the progress that otherwise might never have been achieved. There is power here, power in discomfort. And when you become comfortable with that, through whatever means necessary, well, then all of a sudden, your life is going somewhere. Your goals are being achieved. But now let's dig into exactly how you can lean in and love it. I'm making this argument that you can become comfortable with discomfort. Well, how do you do that? Right? Because discomfort is, by definition, uncomfortable. Who's going to want that? A masochist? Right? Someone who literally enjoys pain? I'm not going to make the argument that that's where we're going. We're not going to get literal gratification from pain, but 
you can become comfortable with it to the tune that, you know, when you go to the gym, that little bit of lactic acid that builds up when you lift the extra weight and you get that extra feeling of, ooh, I'm pushing a little further today. If you're not in good shape and you've not worked out in a while, when you lift those weights, it hurts. It, it is kind of painful. But when you've been going to the gym day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, that feeling is good. You look forward to it. You enjoy it, not only because you know you're growing because of it, but you literally become comfortable with that feeling. You look forward to feeling discomfort because it is a positive association that you've now made in your brain, something that leads to success and positive hormonal responses. It's a good thing. So back to this topic, how to lean in and love discomfort Number one is define your bubble of familiar comfort. We all have these things, right? At the top of the episode, I just discussed this idea that our homes are associated with comfort, generally speaking. And so if you acknowledge or make a list of your common comforts, you're going to know what it is that comfort means to you. Uh, could be food, very common for a lot of people. Could be your couch, your television, your phone, uh, just simply sleeping in. It could even be ignoring things, right? There's a familiar comfort from postponing projects that you don't want to work on, right? Not doing things is in of itself familiar and comfortable. Of course, that doesn't lead to the results we want, but that's kind of the point, right? Does eating excessive food or laying on the couch longer or being entertained longer, do any of these things actually lead to the results you want? Probably not. In short-term bits, yeah, everyone needs to rest. We all need margin. I'm not going to argue against those things. But I am going to argue that if those things are your norm, if your common, comfortable bubble is what you experience 24 hours a day, every day, and there's no extra room set aside for the growth, your life will produce the same results it's always produced. So when you define your bubble of familiar comforts, you want to get clear on what you want to improve and be honest about where you lean towards comfort and away from making progress. Honesty is a big part here. The acknowledgement of where you are is huge. What if in 2024, you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with my sponsor, Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Now, here's a special limited-time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5am. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. 
Number two, learn what the discomfort means. Now, your muscles are sore after a hard workout for a good reason. Uh, your apprehension to postpone your next big project is based on a real fear, a fear that can be overcome. Right? When we learn why we feel discomfort, we associate with the rationale behind it, knowing the why behind the pain, well, that can either erase the pain completely or you could tap into motivation you would otherwise never have. You know, there is a, a lot of my life that I spend in education through reading, listening to great podcasts, audiobooks. One of the things that I have done in the past is I will let's let's use going to the gym as a good example. Let's imagine that you want to build muscle, you want to lose some fat, you want to feel physically better. Well, you could just simply go to the gym and do the same workouts that I'm doing in the exact same way. Or there's another option. You could do the workouts with the education of knowing why the workouts you're doing are making a difference. You learn, in a sense, the science behind the exercise. Well, what happens then is that you understand the process. You know what you're doing to your body and why, and that becomes a source of motivation all by itself. So then when you experience the discomfort, you know physiologically what's happening in your body at that point in time. And what I have found to be true is that the more that I understand what is taking place, why it's happening, the more that I could then lean into those exercises, lean into that workout, because I know that what I'm doing is leading to that result. If you don't know why you're doing something, if you're missing the rationale behind it, well, then you're going to ask that question, why am I even here? What is this doing? I'm just going through the motions. Here I am at the gym again, lifting these weights again and again. But, but why? Why are you actually there? And yes, there's the kind of the surface level answer of I want to be physically fit and lose weight, sure. But then there's the better answer, which is I am at a cellular level changing my body. I can physically feel my body growing and evolving, and I know what's happening. So for whatever goal you're working on, if you understand what the discomfort is, what you're feeling, why you're feeling that discomfort, you could dig into a real core sense of motivation to, to push past any excuses you may have in those moments when you want to quit, in those moments when you want to give up. There is so much value to be had in knowing the why behind the pain, or in this sense, the why behind the discomfort. Number three, not everything has to hurt. <laughs> this is an important probably side point to the conversation, but this is so true. Loving the journey is essential to success. There's a quote that I found online recently. I don't know who actually said this quotation, but here it is. You're not stressed because you're doing too much. You're stressed because you're doing too little of what makes you feel the most alive. This has been rephrased in a number of ways over the years. A lot of people will take credit for it, but this is an important uh, quotation here which is that we're really focusing on the fact that stress oftentimes comes not from doing things we don't enjoy. Stress comes from a lack of joy in our lives from doing the things that make us feel the most joyful or the most alive or loving the journey of the life that we're pursuing and building. And if you don't have those things you love, you will experience more stress and from my perspective, more pain. This conversation of discomfort and pain has an association, uh, an, an assumption of you are after something ambitious that you want. 
right? I'm assuming at the outset that you're pursuing a goal you care about. Well, there's a possibility here that your life is just filled with a bunch of minutia and there is no goal being achieved. You're just going through the motions every day because that's what you've been doing and you're on the hamster wheel. You're in the rat race in a very real way and you feel that sense of monotony and pain can come from that. It can wear you down over time and then your life is lacking the meaning, the purpose that you want. So your stress could be coming from a lack of ambitious pursuits. So what then needs to take place is you identifying something that brings you joy and bringing that back into your life so then you can intentionally pursue a little discomfort in the right direction. Right? This is a pivot that makes a significant difference. It's not experiencing discomfort and pain towards things you don't care about or things that don't bring you joy. We're just going to pivot a little bit and experience just a touch of discomfort in the areas that bring us the success we actually want. When you can schedule more time on your calendar for the things that make you feel alive, you're not going to care anymore about the discomfort because you're in the pursuit of doing something that you love. This is my point about not everything has to hurt. If we go back to the example when I ran marathons in the past a ton, right, that season of my life where that was all I was doing, if you asked me, well, Jeff, why are you doing these very difficult things? And I would say, what, what's difficult? I love this stuff. This is a lot of fun for me. And if it is difficult at all or challenging at all, I don't really care or I care and that's what I love about it. I'm so enthused with the challenge that there's just love and joy coming from that experience, not discomfort, not pain, just this pure sense of enthusiasm and energy that oozes out of me when I'm doing the activities that make me feel the most alive. And the same can be true for you as well. When you're doing something you love, it doesn't have to hurt, right? Pain is not a required element in this process. The second aspect of this conversation is to leverage your strengths. When I say that I really enjoy marathon running, there is also an assumption here that I'm naturally talented at running endurance events or doing marathons by themselves. And I'm going to make two points on this one. Number one, no, I don't have a natural talent at running distances like that. I, I learned that over time. However, the second key piece here is as I began to train myself in that direction to become a better endurance athlete, I did find that it came more naturally to me over time. There's an important distinction here, which is that you could pursue something that is difficult. You could pursue something that at the outset is hard, like trying to run a marathon for the first time. And you may experience what I did, which is that you get over the hump of it being hard and you get to the point where it's easy. Or, and this is where things get a little bit kind of wah-wah, you could pursue something with all the gusto in the world and then find out, I actually still don't like this. <laughs> I'm actually still not very good at it. Uh, recently on the podcast, I discussed the example of me trying to become a singer. And this goes back to me being in eighth grade and joining choirs and doing musical theater. And what I can tell you from that experience is that musically speaking, I don't have a lot of skills. I was not genetically gifted with musicality in a lot of ways. And I've worked really hard to be more musically inclined in my life. And yet, despite all of that effort, the journey for me is a little more difficult than it should be which really was a clear sign to me that this is not an area of pursuit for me. Okay, fine. 
But running marathons, when I push past that initial hurdle to get to the point where it was fun, it was fun and it continued to be fun. Well, then that's an area of life that I should pursue more of. So there is a, a conversation to be had here about leveraging your strengths and acknowledging reality, right? <laughs> to really be honest with yourself about the areas of life where you're pushing really hard and the results just indicate this is a bad idea or the results indicate you're so close to success, just keep pushing, you're right there. So the discomfort conversation, the pain conversation is tied into all of this, which is knowing yourself and being honest with your talents, your skills, your interests, and bring all that together to identify the best ambitious pursuits that are custom tailored to the life you want to create for yourself. This is all subjective and optional. You can choose to take or, or leave whatever I'm saying here, but I think there's a lot to be said about knowing yourself and loving the journey that you're on so that you can recognize when discomfort makes sense or when the pain is obvious enough to say, I've gone down a dead end here. It's time to turn around and pivot and go somewhere else. Fast forward to the end of 2024 and think about your goals. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should check out my sponsor, Babbel. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold, and studies from Yale, Michigan State University, and others continue to prove Babbel is better. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Babbel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions, without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Now, here's a special limited-time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5am. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. Step four to learn how to lean in and love the discomfort is utilizing and loving fast action baby steps. In my notes here, I said uh, baby steps for the win. Like, yes, let's really leverage those. And what I'm saying here is that tiny always works and big leaps rarely do. When we can really embrace the tiny baby steps of moving towards something that we love, we're going to experience progress and success. And there's so much motivation that's tied to that. James Clear's amazing book, Atomic Habits, which I'm sure you've heard of, really breaks down how tiny, small, incremental change, or the 1% rule, is incredibly effective. And it is. It absolutely is. Baby steps are effective for lots of reasons. But in the context of this conversation, baby steps can take discomfort and shrink it down to a really, really small thing. And so if I were to ask you, for example, let's go back to the marathon story here. If I were to ask you to go run a marathon today, but you haven't trained for one, if you said, well, I'm just going to do it anyway, I'm taking the big leap, I'm going to jump into the deep end, and I'm going to run a marathon today anyway, 
even though I'm not in shape. Well, you're going to experience some extreme stress and actual pain. However, if you take baby steps and you train very slowly and responsibly over time, well then, let's say a year from now, you could be in phenomenal shape and run the marathon with ease because the tiny steps to get there got you there. Of course, patience is very key here, but what you're doing is you're taking the discomfort and you're shrinking it down to really tiny, manageable, just so obvious steps, you couldn't turn it down. You may as well do it anyway because it's so easy to do. That's how a lot of people experience great success as they take the long-term approach, the patient approach to achievement, and these baby steps got them there. So if you want to become comfortable with discomfort, make the discomfort really, really small, and then it's no longer uncomfortable to begin with. And now step five to become more comfortable with discomfort is to leverage habits. If we go back to the example of exercise, the more you work out, the easier and more fun it becomes over time. In the world of business, the more sales calls you make, the easier and more successful those sales calls become. This example continues. The more whatever you do, the easier and more comfortable that activity becomes. Repetition matters. Right. Yes, the patience element. Yes, the tiny baby steps, but also the habits of doing something consistently over time just simply makes it more familiar and more comfortable. Now, I said before that we have this bubble of familiar comfort. Well, that bubble of things that are familiar and comfortable could include activities that push you forward. It could include uncomfortable activities that cause progress. Your normal day to day life could be set up in a way that you're making progress all the time and it doesn't feel like that's what you're doing. It doesn't feel hard. It doesn't feel difficult. It doesn't feel strenuous or arduous. It feels like your normal, comfortable, everyday life and yet the success is just showing up over and over and over. This is the kind of rhythmic lifestyle you can create when you leverage discomfort in an intentional way. Habits by themselves can eliminate inefficiencies that you may have in your systems, and they definitely can minimize recurring discomforts that you tend to have if you don't pursue things on a regular basis, right? These activities become easier and more comfortable because you're continuing to do them. They're baked into your lifestyle. That's the intention here. Step six, we can actually earn and limit our comforts. The first part here. To earn your comfort really is an argument to do this before that. In other words, you could drink water before you have your coffee in the morning or go for a run before you watch TV at night or work on your project before you have social time, right? You're making progress on your most important project before you do the other distracting thing you really want to do. The argument here to earn your comfort is to say, I identified a few things that are comfortable, easy, rewarding for me. And I'm going to give myself that comfortable reward only if I've earned it. But I don't get to have that treat at the end of this process unless I've gone through the journey and checked the boxes and did the work. Work and then play in that order. Earn your comfort and you can actually find yourself in a position where the discomfort isn't of itself rewarding because you are associating the discomfort with a reward. Now, this is oftentimes a trick that you're going to use in your mind to kind of get you to, to be motivated to do something. 
It doesn't mean you actually enjoy the process in this example. It just simply means you are going to discipline yourself to do the work, to earn the reward. That's the carrot on the stick, right? You are giving yourself that motivation to say, I don't want to do this, but if I do it, I get this thing that I want. That could be a starting place. To earn your comfort could be where you begin And then over time, you may find the journey is actually a lot of fun and you get so much reward from doing the work, you no longer need the reward at all. It doesn't always work that way, but it can. And so if you're looking for a way to get yourself going in a scenario that isn't quite fun, that it feels kind of painful, well, then get a reward in place. Give yourself a reason to actually get out of bed and do the thing you said you would do. Now, the second part here to limit your comfort is a way of saying you're going to set boundaries. In other words, you could do one hour of TV per day or one hour of social media or only one piece of chocolate after dinner, not an entire cake or whatever it is you might do, right? We're setting boundaries around our worst habits to limit the amount of comfort we get. Limiting comfort sounds bad, right? At the outset, like, why would I limit my comfort? I love these things. I love to watch TV. I love to eat chocolate cake for dinner or whatever the thing is, right? Yes, there are plenty of comforts in our lives that we love. Part of the discipline and part of the the work ethic involved in becoming more successful is to identify, here's something that I find comforting and valuable. But how much do I actually need? Do I need four hours of TV per night? Or could I be fine with one? Do I need to have a whole cake? Or could I have just one slice? When you can shrink down the comforts to a more manageable level, you can still get that dopamine hit you're looking for, but without it becoming excessive and addictive. And then there's more time in your day, more open space in your budget and your calendar to go pursue the things that provide the true success you're seeking. And those comforts no longer become this addictive behavior that limits your growth. So earning your comfort is part of this process, but also having boundaries around how much comfort you allow is also essential in this process. And finally, the seventh component to how to lean in and love discomfort is to invite others to get uncomfortable with you. You know, discomfort is much easier with a friend or a group. We are social creatures. There's a reason why that people excel in things like the military or group fitness classes or studying challenging topics at school. It's because you're not alone doing the hard work. There's something really gratifying about doing something difficult, knowing somebody else is simultaneously experiencing that same difficulty. It's a weird human behavior that we actually enjoy being uncomfortable, knowing that someone else is there with us. So let's imagine for a second there's an area of your life that you have not pursued, a goal you are struggling to work through, but you think that you could actually be better at that goal. You act, Your odds of success would improve dramatically if you could be shoulder to shoulder with someone else going through that same process. Well, then join a group. Find like-minded people who want the same things you want And it can make that discomfort a lot more comfortable. It can allow you to push forward when you otherwise would not. Social activity is a good thing, especially in the context of personal and societal growth, right? We can do things together. And so if that's what you need for your goals, well, then join a group and make it happen. All right, now to review this whole process here, how to get comfortable with discomfort, those seven steps one more time. 
Number one was to define your bubble of familiar comfort, knowing yourself and knowing what comforts you tend to enjoy. Number two, learning the why behind the discomfort to find that motivation to push forward. Number three, love the journey and leverage your strengths along the way. Number four, take many fast and tiny baby steps. Number five, leverage habits to eliminate inefficiencies and to minimize those recurring discomforts. Number six, earn your comforts and limit them as well. And number seven, of course, invite others to your discomfort party. And for the action step this week, get a little uncomfortable. Just find one area of your life, one specific thing you want to work on that you're postponing, neglecting, you're scared of, and just face it head on for a few minutes. Allow yourself five minutes to lean into that problem area and see what happens. A little discomfort can lead to massive growth in such a short time period. JeffSanders.com slash 464 is the place to go for the episode notes. And of course, subscribe to this podcast at jeffsanders.com slash subscribe or use the app you're using right now. That's all I've got for you here on the 5 a.m. Miracle Podcast this week. Until next time, you have the power to change your life and the fun begins bright and early. Hey, it's Jeff Sanders, and I'm here to tell you about Greg McEwen and his amazing show, The Greg McEwen Podcast, part of the Yap Media Network. Want to achieve more by doing less, all while avoiding burnout? You can design a life that really matters with Greg McEwen, author of New York Times bestsellers, Effortless and Essentialism. His mission is to help you advocate and negotiate your way to remarkable results. Every Tuesday, Greg discusses one key topic he finds interesting and valuable through the lens of the essentialist. Every Thursday, he invites thought leaders, entrepreneurs, celebrities, and people like you for inspired weekly conversations focused on learning how to do what matters first and do less but better. His content will stir your thoughts and spark inspiration and action. And his British accents, well, that's just the cherry on top. Subscribe to the Greg McEwen podcast today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform.